Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris Kerber, the voice of your St. Louis Blues here on 101 ESPN, joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And this is one of Kerb's favorite times of year. Training camp underway for the Blues. And then the first preseason game is Saturday night at, at Enterprise Center. Kerbs, good morning. How you doing? Randy, I'm doing good. You throw in there meaningful baseball games on the Cardinal front. And you're right. It is one of my favorite times of the year. I want to start with this. Scott Perunovich with a three-point game Saturday at the Blues Prospect Camp. They took that team up to Traverse City, and they beat the Red Wings. And we've seen in the past Colton Pareko made a big impact with the Prospect Camp. I have to believe that the Blues loved what they saw from Perunovich. Yeah, you know what? Considering that he missed all of last season because of those shoulder injuries, he was uh, probably the most important player to be watching in, in, in this prospect camp. And by the way, they play again today at 11, and, and fans can watch it. The Blues have been streaming these games on their YouTube channel. Um, and, and I think they play Dallas today. But uh, Perunovic had that good game. He showed how he can move the puck. He showed how he can control things on the power play. It's clear by them giving him the, the, the C for this uh, tournament of what, what the Blues think of him and 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 it's not a surprise. The guy was a Hobie Baker Award winner, and and you know when you decide you want to, you could turn pro, but go back to college to try and win a third straight national title. That tells you something about the character of somebody and how bad you want to win. So, um, I, I think so far he's had a, a terrific camp. From what from what uh, I'm told, when I check in with people up there, Jake Neighbors has had a good one. The goaltenders as well, and Tyler Tucker is another name uh, that I think is impressed up in camp this year uh, so far. So. It's an opportunity, Randy, for them to play some games, get up to a little bit more game speed, and then on Wednesday when camp starts here in town, they're even that much more ahead, and it gives them a little bit of a leg up to show some stuff if they can continue to bring that intensity when camp starts. Curbs, I wanted to ask you about some news that we got over the weekend from the Blues. They announced that they're going to require fans to show proof of full COVID-19 vaccination or a recent COVID-19 negative test before entering Enterprise Center. In one of the interviews we did with you a couple weeks ago, we talked about the NHL informing the league of the different health and safety protocols this season, which has severe restrictions on unvaccinated players. But do you think that the step the, the Blues took as far as fans and people getting in close contact with the players being vaccinated is something that we're going to see league-wide? Um, well, we're seeing it, I believe, in 13 to 15. I don't remember the exact count of the buildings already, including the United Center in Chicago, Bridgestone down in Nashville, right? And, and you're frankly, you're seeing it in a lot of the arena-style buildings in, in a lot of different cities, whether it be you know from the NBA or the NHL. And the biggest difference, I think, because of you know versus some NFL stadiums and things like that, one of the biggest differences that indoor versus outdoor things. So, um, I, look, I, I know it, it, th- there's a lot of different tentacles to this one, and I know some people are really upset, some people are really happy. 
You know, it, there appears to never be any kind of middle ground when it comes to to COVID and, and a certain level of sanity. And, you know, you, you see some real stupid things put out there. But um, I, I think you just got to try to do your best and what you can to, to keep people as safe as you can until you're able to kind of get away from all this stuff. And then I think it's what's important to realize is when you've gone, when you as a business have gone uh, for 18 months, right, where you've been told you can only bring 300 people into the building, and then that gets bumped up to 1,500, right? And then you're, you're still just trying to figure out how to make ends meet and make things work, you know, to keep people employed, to keep uh, the product on the ice, to keep things going. It, it's a tough situation. I think the Blues are doing the best they can, and, and uh, I think, you know, fr- frankly, I think most Blues fans are respectful enough. They're going to understand it. They'll deal with it. And then hopefully this thing blows over and we can, you know, really get everybody moving forward in the right direction before too long. So it's already going uh, at least halfway through the league. Uh, and, and I would expect more buildings to actually uh, take the same stance. And we, Curbs, we should reiterate, if people choose to not get the vaccine, they don't have to. All they have to do if, they're, if they have tickets to a Blues game is show proof of a negative test, right? And if, nobody wants to have, I wouldn't think anybody would want to have a COVID positive person sitting next to them in the building. So if everybody is showing a neg- negative text or uh, test or being vaccinated, then we're, we're cool, right? No, nobody's saying that you have to be vaccinated to come watch a hockey game. They're just saying if you if you if you've made the choice to not get vaccinated, which is your choice, if you made that choice, okay, then the result of that choice is to go to certain places, certain events. We, we've seen it already with Harry Styles, right? And that's not a that's that's not a St. Louis Blues organizational thing. These different show people have come in. You know, we saw it with Maroon Five, Maroon Five even outdoors at at Verizon uh, or Hollywood. You know, everybody had to show proof or, or a negative test. I mean, it's it, it, it's one of those things that you can go. You just got to get the negative test. And, and and by the way, every choice we make in life, I'm, I'm going a little off the off the reservation here on this one. But every choice, every choice in life that we make leads to other situations. Right. And so you're perfectly fine if you don't get vaccinated. Uh, you just have to go to the games and to go to some other events and to go to certain places. You got to show proof, uh, you know, th- that you're negative. Why? Because being vax- unvaccinated, you are more likely to actually carry it. So I, I get it. I understand both sides. I understand the fire. I'm frankly kind of tired of a lot of it, as everybody is, you know. But but that is the reality. So um, it's where we're at. Uh, it, it's it's okay. The, the good news is, from a player standpoint, Michelle, following up on what we talked about last week. Bill, Bill Daly, the, the deputy commissioner of the National Hockey League, came out. And the league itself, the players themselves, it's like 99% are vaccinated. I think it's only something like 15 players. And there may be some with medical reasons, you know, why they can't. But the good news is, is it looks like with the policies that the league and the protocols that the league has put into place to keep players safe and, and to keep this going, it looks like we could have a really good, strong uninterrupted season and for the first time in two years that would be really a a welcome thing yeah but more than 99 percent vaccinated in the league meanwhile curbs you've been around athletes long enough 
Michelle has, I have, to know that they're pretty pliable and they're able to roll with the punches. We talked a lot about Vladimir Tarasenko rejoining this team. I would have to believe that once he walks in that room, that any controversy, and I know it'll be a distraction at least at the outset, but I I would be really surprised if the players would allow it to be a controversy that affected them. Yeah, you know, there might have to be an internal discussion or two just to make sure that the guys are on the same page. And and I believe that if that hasn't happened already, uh, that that will happen. And and then you move forward. And look, these guys know that what they're doing is also the job, right? So you just go in and and you do it. And as Doug Armstrong said over the weekend, look, if he plays well, maybe he decides he he wants to stay. Maybe he makes it easier to, to, to move him. He understands where Vladimir's coming from. He respects that, but... There just hasn't been a deal available, you know, to, to make it work well for both ends. So, um, yeah, they'll address it and, and, and they'll move forward with it. And that's the professionalism of the coach, of the players, and, every, and everybody involved. And, and I, do think, I do think at some point in time, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, if he opens up, I mean, now he does, I guess he doesn't have to in this sense, but at some point in time, I would think he probably sits in front of the media makes a statement, answers a couple questions maybe, and then say, that'll be the last time I speak of this, mm-hmm. right? And and then, you know, the only real distraction comes is if, if people continue to ask the players and him about it. But if that's the stance of the team, of Craig Berube, of the players, of Doug Armstrong, you know, and, and, and that's it, then it'll people will stop asking pretty quickly and, and you move forward with it. So probably a little drama yet to be played out on that front, but I, I, I still think it's going to end up in a pretty good place. I'm with you. I would have the the media scrum and just rip the Band-Aid off, answer the questions, and then be done with it. Because you're right, if he doesn't, it's just going to keep getting asked and asked and asked, whether it's the front office or the players, whoever the media interviews, they're going to ask about Vladdy. Um, But, Curbs, I did want to ask you about Charo. So, a lot of people in town were intrigued by the idea of Zidane Charo joining the Blues. Uh, I know that there was some interest there on the Blues part, but that he likely wanted to stay on the East Coast to stay close to his family. And he ended up doing that. He signed a one-year contract with the Islanders. It's a full circle thing for him because that's the organization that drafted him in 96 but what was your reaction when you heard that char was off the board for the blues yeah well n- not at all surprised I, I i was intrigued when you first heard that it might be a possibility but well once you heard that he would prefer to stay on the east coast um i pretty much put it off to the side Did, didn't think that him coming here would actually be a reality i've told you guys the story when he was first drafted and played for the little lock monsters just him walking past me you know, and just seeing this mammoth human of the like the ice just crunched underneath his skates as he as he walked up the Zamboni entrance and onto the ice. You're like, what in the hell was that? Like, no, that's a hockey player. Um, he was just he was huge then. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. And, and the other side of that too, Michelle, is if you look at it, the Blues were able to get Tyler Bozak under contract on, on a deal because he's 35 that has bonuses involved. Obviously, they still need to get uh, you know Robert Thomas done, and, and hopefully something comes. You know, so obviously sometimes this week with camp opening in there. Uh, Doug Armstrong's comments to Jim Thomas about Oscar Sundquist not likely being ready to go at the start of the season is going to give you a little cap room if uh, he starts off on long-term IR. So you're able to get some things done. But when you look at the way the Blues have, have set up their defensive core and you've got a top four of Krug, Falk, Pareko, and Scandella, however you want to uh, mix those four up, you know, now you still have a Robert Bortuzzo, and then and then it's it, it's Mikola, it's Perunovic. It, it's a battle for those spots, and if you know, and, and sometimes you got to have a little room for there. So, if after camp opens up, the Blues feel like they still would like to have another veteran uh, D-man or presence back there, 
I still think that there's something by a trade or, you know, a pickup of a guy looking for a job that can still turn around and help them out. So they'll, they'll be fine on that front. And I like the fact that you're leaving the door open for one of these younger guys to step up and take a role, which had to happen in a cap era. Like you, it, it, your young guys have got to play a, a, a really strong role if you're going to manage the cap properly. Curbs, it'll be fun to open up camp this week, have our first preseason game on Saturday night. Always good to hear your voice, and we will see you over at the rink. Sounds great. You two have, have an awesome start to your week. You too. Thanks. That is Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us as he does every Monday here on 101 ESPN with Carriker and Smallman. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.